So I got asked to speak a few weeks ago, and I spent a little bit of time just asking Jesus, what is it that you want me to speak about? Because there's so many things that the Lord has been doing in my life while I've been here. And I really felt that he was saying to speak about the topic of the adventure of a lifetime. And (laughs) it's a Coldplay song. It's also one of my favorite songs, but um, it's just a title, and I hope that it makes sense as I go along. So... This journey that I've had of being in Carlisle started three years ago, and it was when Jesus put this whispering in my heart that um, I was going to leave Northern Ireland. Now, this really scared me because um, when I was going through school and the teachers would try to push me to think about going and thinking about going abroad, I always said no. I put my courses as anything that was in Northern Ireland, so I wanted to go to Belfast to study languages and had this whole plan of what that would look like. But Jesus worked in the... (laughs) But Jesus came in the middle of that and he just interrupted it and just started changing the way I was thinking, the way I was feeling. And I realized that I had a heart for kids and I wanted to think about studying that. So I remember going online, I went on Google and um, I went to look and see where I could go to study primary teaching. And the University of Cumbria came up as one of the top ones. So I had a look into the course and there was two options, either to go to Lancaster to study it there or to go to Carlisle. And um, I didn't really know anything about Carlisle, and all my teachers at school were, um, when I went to them for help, were all saying, oh, you should go to Lancaster, it's the bigger campus, Um, it's the better place to go. I was like, okay, I'll go see Lancaster, see Carlisle as well, and then make my decision. So I went to Lancaster with my mom, we arrived on the campus, we were getting shown around, and I remember just having this gut feeling of this isn't right, this isn't the place. And I remember the guy showing us around was just like, what? Like... Everyone that comes here usually picks here over Carlisle. It doesn't make sense. And I was like, no, like, I haven't seen Carlisle yet. I'm kind of hoping that I'm going to like it, but I haven't really a clue. So that night we drive up to Carlisle. The next morning we get in a taxi. We go to Fuse Hill Street, and I get out of the taxi. And I have this gut feeling of this is home. This is Jesus. Like, having this whole clarity of this is where I'm supposed to be. And I hadn't even met any of the lecturers, hadn't talked to anybody, but had this feeling. So I met the lecturers, got totally sold on the place, and it was later that day my mom and I were talking, and she said, you know, like, I didn't want to say this to you at the time, but I've had this feeling that this is where you're meant to be over Lancaster. And I said, yeah, it's funny, because I feel the exact same thing. Like, I feel like Jesus is working on me. So I met Andy and Rhoda later, I think it was that same weekend, and it was sold. (laughs) It was just like, not only did I have the heart for the university, but I had the whole heart for the city just listening and talking to them. So that was the done deal. I knew that Jesus was on me being here. But the whole thing was that I then set on moving here and it came to about August, a few weeks before I was due to move here. And I remember having this realization that for the first time in my life, I was going to have to lay everything down. I've never moved home before. I've had the same friends pretty much all growing up. So suddenly I'm having to go from a place of having all my security. I love the beach. I've grown up there. So I'm having to lay down the beach and having to lay down my friends, my family, all the security and the safety and put it all at Jesus' feet and start afresh somewhere new. And I remember um, my mum and dad dropping me off at Denton Home Student Village. I think there's some Denton Home <laughs> over here. But I remember them driving out of the thing and I, they disappear from my view and this feeling of, oh, this is it. Like I've done it. I'm on my own here. And I go upstairs to my room and I'm sitting on my bed and I just pray and I just say, you know, Jesus, I've laid it all down. I've stepped away from all that's comfortable. And if I'm going to get through the next three years, if I'm going to glorify you and do all this for you, I need to know that you're going to be here and that you're going to be my dad more than ever before. 
And standing here at the end of the three years, I can say that he's never let me down. That song today, that's been my song of just, you're never going to let me down. I might feel like I might be sitting in City of Derry Airport and my plane's been delayed for a few hours and I'm on my own, but you're never going to let me down. You've always been there. Um, so right now, I'm at the end of my course. I have no idea what September looks like. I could be doing literally anything. I could be anywhere. I don't really know. I don't have a plan. But I just have this deep sense that um, Jesus is walking with me. He's going ahead of me. That I don't need to be concerned about what the path ahead looks like because he's for me and he's with me. So, but before I came back for this year, I had this kind of wobble, probably one of the biggest wobbles that I've had. And um, I was really considering... Dad, is this what you have for me? Is this where I'm meant to be? Am I meant to go back to Carlisle for this final year? And I remember I was sitting at Cosy Coast Vineyard. Um, we, it was the week before I was due to come back. And um, I was praying. I was like, Jesus, I just need you to send me someone to just speak into what I'm feeling right now because I just don't know what the route ahead looks like. And I would love some clarity right now because I haven't a clue. And he sends this lady called Jilly, who's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know Jilly. Um, she he sends this lady, Jilly, who had spoke to me before I moved away for the first time. And she said, Suze, can I share some words with you? I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd love you to do that. And she said, don't try and plan. If you want a mediocre life, go ahead and follow the normal route. But you were made for so much more. <laughs> but what if we all lived like that? That word isn't just for me. It's for anyone that if we try to plan ahead, and I used to love five-year plans. I've gone way off my five-year plan. I should be <laughs> graduated and working that way. <laughs> but um, Jesus has led me on an adventure that's way greater than anything that I could have ever planned for myself. <clears throat> so about second year, I felt that Jesus was saying to me that... Um, to start giving one day a week to Carlisle Vineyard. And um, at the time, it didn't really make sense. People were saying to me, you should really be studying on your uni stuff. You shouldn't be getting distracted. But I really felt that the Lord was saying to me, no, give one day a week um, and let me work through that. So I started off doing a little bit with kids, and I loved it, and gradually started doing more with the communication side of things, so social media, email, and um, doing a little bit with the website as well. And then I suddenly realized I had this passion that was way greater than anything I've ever experienced for communications. I love it. Um, but I labeled it as um, office work. That's how I kind of saw it. I didn't see it as being creative. And um, I made it to Encounter More last year, was conference at Causa Coast Vineyard again. And there's a guy called Banning Liebscher who heads up Jesus Culture. And he just finished his talk, and I just felt that I would go up and chat to him, and I was also getting him to sign his book. But um, <laughs> And um, he was chatting to me, and um, he was t- I just noticed that he was taking a really long time to um, sign the book, and I just thought, what's taking so long? And he gives me back the book, and I walk away, and I open it up, and he, in the book he wrote, um, Susie, such a powerful anointing of creativity on you. And I opened it, and I wrestled so hard. I was just like, that's the total opposite of who I am. I'm not creative. I can't draw. My version of drawing is drawing a stick man on a paper. It's really not class as drawing. But um, I really felt that the Lord was saying something to me in that. And so um, I started journeying it and just praying into it. And had suddenly these people were coming up alongside me and just calling out the creative in me. And um, it was Steph. Steph. <laughs> She's a great friend. 
Um, but Steph started making this link between what I was doing in terms of photography and graphic design and all this stuff and just saying that, but that is being creative. And so I started walking in it and just being like, okay, but yeah, I'm creative and yeah, I feel like the Lord's doing something in, with me through this, but I've just spent three years doing a primary education degree. That doesn't really make sense. How does this translate? Um, shouldn't have done like a graphic design course or something like that. And I ended up going to Kaz, sorry. I went to her house one night and we were chatting and I was just sharing some of my story of just what's been going on. And she, she shared her story, which if you haven't heard it, it's just incredible. But what she shared with me that night was that whatever doors that dad God opens, no man can ever shut. Yeah, your degree might make sense, but dad God is still going to use it. There's no doors that are going to be shut um, if he's on it. So around the same time, I start going into work. I hadn't been getting as many hours. I worked for the University of Cumbria um, as a student ambassador. And um, I'd been going in and hadn't been getting as many hours. There just wasn't the amount of work. And one day, one of them said to me, Suze, um, there's this thing called Canva, which is how we do our graphics here. And I've already learned how to use it. So they say, oh, do you know how this works? We need some extra work done. And I was like, yeah, 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 like, whatever it is, just let me know. So I start working on stuff, and they're like, wow, you really know how this comes together. I'm like, yeah, this is what I do. And <laughs> and um, they say, right, we, well, we have a stack of jobs. Like, if you could just do your own hours from home and just let us know because we trust you, is that okay? So I start getting all this extra work that I wasn't getting already, and the Lord just rewards me. And I feel him saying that everything that I've given for my time for free, he's given back to me ten times just by being resp- responding to that first word of give one day a week. It's just been this adventure that I've been on. And um, looking back on it now... I'm just saying that he's never let me down, never for a second. But it's the whole thing of how do we make stepping out of the boat a reality? Of I don't really know what's coming next. It could literally be anywhere. It could be anything. But it's not going to happen if I don't do what I did three years ago and step out of the boat and be ready for the next season. So has anyone seen the movie La La Land? So good. I just felt that all the guys in the room switch off, so... Stay with me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, this movie was incredible. It wasn't really the storyline that hooked me. It was more how the whole, visually it all came together. So I kind of caught myself at times just holding my breath because just in awe of how they used the colors and how everything just flowed. It was just blew my mind. And um, I wanted to look into it because I was just... It was an insane movie. There's a reason why it's picked up so many awards and Oscars. And I looked up and wasn't surprised to find that the writer of the movie is also the director because it just makes sense that that whole translation was just incredible. And I looked up this interview and in it he said, we consciously made the decision to write the ideal version of this movie, to not really think about whether it would be realistic to pull it off or ever be able to pull it off in our lifetime. But just imagine the greatest possible version of this movie where every door opens and we get to do literally whatever we want to do. That dream came true. And I just had this sense of just like, how, what about if we lived our lives that way? What if we lived our lives of just dreaming with God of what's the greatest possible thing that you could use me for? And what if we actually chased after it because we know who we are, we know that we're sons and daughters and every door is going to be made open because dad God's hands on it. So I'm going to bring in the Bible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
It's all good talks go with that. So um, if you want to open up, I think it's going to come up on the screen behind me, but it's Joshua 3, verse 7 to 17. So if you haven't heard this story before, basically what's happened is Joshua has just taken over from Moses in leading the Israelites. And um, basically what God has done is he said that he's given, said to Joshua to send the priests ahead with the Ark of the Covenant, which is just really important, and um, to go ahead and when they get to the river to then step into the river and when they do that that the water will stack high so when I read that the first time I was just like well yeah it took faith to step in the river that was great but when you actually read ahead and what it says it says that this happened all in the middle of the harvest so the Jordan River is usually pretty calm but during that time of the harvest the the water is going crazy it's going really really fast if you imagine when Carlisle flooded it's not just that the water's going really fast. You have all the mud that goes either side of the river. So not only did they have to step in, they had to wade through with the Ark of the Covenant through the mud to get to the river. And then if you know with a river that it's not easy to predict how deep it's going to be, you could step and take a huge step. You could step and it could be straight ahead. So you imagine it wasn't just stepping into the river. There was a whole big other story going on there. And we read that these priests come they get down, make their way down to the river and they make that first step in. And we see that it wasn't a few seconds later. We see as soon as they make that step into the river, it stacks. And it doesn't just stack just enough for the Israelites to get through. It stacks for 17 miles, we read. 17 miles is from here to Penrith, roughly. So it wasn't just Dad and God doing a little bit for them. It was a huge sign of his power that he was already going ahead of them. so we just see that the priests didn't have a plan they didn't go ahead while saying well this is how we're going to get across God spoke and it just happened so I have no fear about the adventure ahead I don't know what it is that you're maybe journeying right now whether you're in the same that you don't know what's coming next maybe you just are getting you feel like God's moving you from where you are at work or calling you into something different but if, that's any, if this is any sign that you just need to make the first step, that it's all about risk and making that first move, and God will go ahead of you in that. Because the thing is, I'd way rather live a life of adventure, of making that first step, than a life spent watching from the shore, of not getting my feet wet. And as I was re- journeying it this week, I had this verse. It's from um, Psalm 37. It's verses 23 and 24. And it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So don't be afraid. That first step is going to be scary. It might look like laying all down. It might just be one thing. It could be everything. But be rest assured that if you lay it all down and lay it down at his feet, he's not going to ignore that. He'll honor you in that. And this is the last time I'll go back to La La Land and then I'll leave it. (laughs) But there's this amazing quote and it really spoke to me and it said, how are you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? We're not going to change things if we keep things the way we are. We need to embrace change. I used to be really afraid of change. Um, I still am a little bit when it comes to menu choices. There's this amazing place um, back at home. It's called the Remore Restaurant. 
I used to always just order the chili chicken penny pasta, Andy and Rita will testify. People would say, Suze, don't you want to try something different? I'm like, no, I know that it's good. I don't want to risk changing it because I might be disappointed. <laughs> but we need to learn to embrace change because there's a whole world of different options and different doors that Dad God will open if we're just willing to make that first change and not be afraid of it and just embrace it. When we look at any of the greatest adventures from the Bible, whether that be Moses, Jesus, David, Esther, what did they all have in common? They were all willing to lay it all down. Sometimes, in some cases, their lives. Sometimes it meant leaving their family, their safety, their security. But they laid it all down, and we still talk about them now. But what if that's what you have been doing already? What if that's what you've been doing, of laying it all down and just saying, Jesus, I just need you to speak. That's where I'm at at the minute. And sometimes I get afraid that I just wonder, well, God, I've done this whole thing of social media, and I love it. And I love photography and I love graphics and all this stuff. But but how am I going to actually use this now? And I just felt Jesus just saying to me this week um, that the creator of the universe is the best gardener. You just need to look around just to see it. So don't believe for a second that what he's been growing in you and developing and planting in you will ever be wasted. Because he's a good dad. He's an amazing gardener. He's not going to waste what he's been growing in you. And for a bird to fly, it has to break through the shell. And are you ready to hatch? Yeah. So we all just want to stand. There's two things that I felt that Jesus was saying today and just want to um, pray into. And it's breaking fear. Fear of what's coming next and not being sure of what the road ahead looks like. But also um, for any of the creatives in the room, not just creatives like what I've been talking about with art, but it goes so much deeper than that because creativity is so many different things. It's photography, it's the poetry writers, it's the bakers, it's the interior designers, it's the movie makers, the baristas, it's all art, it's all creativity. And right now, I just want to release any creatives in the room. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and fill you afresh. God, that you are the God of creativity. And I release the songwriters in the room today. I speak fresh songs, songs that glorify you. And I just speak to the whole creativity industry. And I pray that, God, that you would come in a fresh way that we would see films made that glorify you, that tell a story of who you are, the truth of who you are. Hmm. And Father, anyone that is journeying this of just not knowing what the next season ahead, or maybe it just feels stale at work and you're just ready for a change, God, I just speak that you would come and you would reveal that through dreams, through visions. Mm, Come afresh, Holy Spirit. Yeah, God, we want fresh fire in Carlisle today. God, I pray that everything that has been prayed over this city, everything that we've asked for, God, that we would see breakthrough. We pray for all the businesses, all the leaders that are right across this city, Father, and we pray that there would be breakthrough at the University of Cumbria today as well, Father that you would hear our prayers and hear our cries. Yeah, God, we want to see hearts coming. We want to see people opening up their hearts and their eyes to you for the first time. We pray a Saul to Paul moment 
of whatever shift needs to come. God, we, we pray fresh fire. Will we be filled with courage and boldness to go out after this in our schools, in the places that we work, as we walk in the street, Father? Even more, come.